0: Okay, so the first question is from Mohini, from Brighton.
1: Dandabha Pranam Guru Maharaj. So I had this, got the thought of this question a couple of weeks ago, because you you sometimes uh, say that we have to use uh, the head to soften the heart. And I was wondering, like, what does it really mean um, to have a soft heart? Because you might think of it in a sort of a sentimental way or a superficial way. So I was wondering like what are the, the characteristics of somebody who has a soft heart and like, how do they behave like towards others or towards themselves and, and what do they not do? Could you kind of give us some, maybe summarise what that might mean?
2: Uh-huh. Um, well yeah i, I guess i've emphasized the, the problem with the head so you want to talk about the condition of the heart hmm? and just to reiterate that which i tend to underscore um we shouldn't use the head for its own purposes collecting information um uh, in and of itself doesn't uh, isn't isn't uh, what krishna consciousness is is constituted of. But <clears throat> we hear from sadhus, we study the scriptures and so forth to get insights into how to apply ourselves in bhakti. So um, the application of ourselves in and the giving of our hearts in devotional service in the acts of hearing, chanting. Um, uh, Archam, deity worship and so forth. Um, this is what we um, seek uh, to gain um, through the head, if you will, using our head to learn about bhakti, what is the nature of Bhagwan, what is the nature of the jiva, what is the nature of bhakti, so on and so forth, all these these topics. So we um, we don't want to use our head to collect that information just so that we can regurgitate the imp- information. People can think we know something. We can start to think we know something and we've gone somewhere when we haven't. Only when that information, if you will, is is taken into the heart and softened the heart, which is what your question's about. And what we mean by that is that we become, become more disposed hmm, to, to give ourselves in the practices of bhakti, that they not be done mechanically, but we we chant, as I sometimes said, well have said, well, when asked how to control the mind when chanting, I say, well, you chant with your heart, it's because whatever your heart put your heart into, that's where your head is going to follow. Hmm? So, um, so this is the main idea. We kind of have a hard heart, hmm, if you will. And what I mean by that is that we we're self-centered, right? So our heart's beating for our sense of uh, material identification. If it gets threatened, it beats faster. Just to uh, use it like the physical kind of um, metaphor and, uh, in terms of speaking about the heart. Um, so the heart, our heart, is beating for the necessities of our perceived identity it needs to beat for if you believe it necessities of god (laughs) what does god need of course you can say god doesn't need need anything but but the school of chaitanya mahaprabhu likes to say something further about that by way of saying that he lives if you will on love, Lokavat too, lila kaivalyam. He's moving out of love. The world is an expression of his own love and his, and he has his own inner world as well. It's um, um, driven by the love of his devotees. And so when, let's give an example from the Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna says patram, pushpam, phalam toyam. He says, offer me a fruit, a flower, uh, water. These are the implication here. These are very readily available things. I mean, you can't live without water. It doesn't matter how poor you are, how uneducated you are, or what other lack of qualification you might have. You're going to have water if you're alive, right? Hmm? uh flowers are fairly regularly available but if not anyway there's water uh, a leaf if you don't have a flower well a flowering tree well a leaf if you don't have flower if you don't have a leaf at least as i said you've got to have water right of course we're running out of water here <laughs> but actually we're not mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of um money grabbing money out of thin air that's what we're doing here because as our well began to dysfunction we began to harvest the rain so it just we're just reaching out hmm, into thin air and bringing down the money hmm, in the form of water which is real practical because what what is your money if you can't buy water right <laughs> you need water so it will become more costly i'm supposed to probably have water wars as time goes on but we're just taking it right out of the sky right so anyway um uh it's uh it's it's, it's readily available the, these simple simple items and i'm emphasizing the water because everyone has to have it krishna is emphasizing that what you offer to me hmm, is not so significant in terms of the material ingredient hmm? but he says patram palam patram pushpam a, 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 a leaf a flower or fruit Toyam water patram Pushpam palam tam yo me bhakti If that's offered to me with bhakti, yo me bhakti pratyachiti. Tadaham bhakti uparitam. Again, he says, if that's offered me with bhakti, then that item that's offered with bhakti. He says it twice. Hmm? Uh, 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 Ashnam, he says, I I'll eat that flower. Flowers usually you don't eat, right? Or the leaf. <laughs> I'll eat that, right? If, if you offer it so he's the point is that he's he's living on the bhakti the famous example is very beautiful i've cited it before from the Mahabharata when krishna was invited by duryodhana who was adverse to his devotees the Pandavas, to a royal um, um, assembly where he would be honored as a prince um, a huge Uh, arrangement was made with trumpeters and drummers and a huge feast was cooked and and krishna entered the scene there and he ignored the whole parade and everything that was set up for him and just went to the house of vidura and vidura wasn't from even a Kshatriya warrior you know administrative family but a laboring family and he wasn't home his wife was there and krishna said feed me i'm hungry and she said well you know what you know Duryodhana has made a huge feast for you of all these items cooked in ghee and, and so forth. He said, Well, I don't eat that there. He doesn't like my devotees. Hmm. She said, Well, I don't have anything. <laughs> he said, Well, there's some bananas there. So he said, Give me a banana. So he picks the, she peels the banana in her ecstasy that Krishna's in her house. She was peeling the bananas and giving Krishna the peels and throwing away the banana. Hmm. And Krishna was eating the peels. Hmm. This was, of course, the comment of Nard when he when he when he didn't show up at the assembly. Where did he go? They said, Well, he went over there, and so they followed him, Nard and uh, and uh, and Yusdir. and they were amazed. Yesir was amazed. Well, look at this! Uh, he's come to my he's come to uh, uh, or or excuse me, not not Yusdir, but um, Padur. He's come to my house, and Nard said, that, "That's not the most amazing part. He's eating the peels in your house." Hmm? So she had devotion. Hmm? It doesn't mean we should just, you know, offer whatever. It doesn't matter if we actually. Therefore, I've sometimes said, what is the best thing to offer to Krishna? In one sense, it's whatever you like the most, because you're going to be able to offer that with the most feeling, right? I really like pizza. You know, well, Krishna doesn't eat pizza. You know, um, so there are some schools like this in Jagannathpur. They won't offer anything to Jagannath that wasn't isn't indigenous to India, although his name is Jagannath. <laughs> And the universe is bigger than India, <laughs> Nath, Jath, Nath means Lord, Jagat means the world, the universe, right? So it's a rather provincial uh, perspective. Um, now, we have to kind of bring these two together, if you will. Um, um, and at least in a beginning stage, if we really like something, then, then that's in our heart. Mm-hmm. so we'll be we'll offer that with the most feeling because we think, this is really great i love this i'll give it to krishna mm-hmm. so that it's the love that, that 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 you're giving to krishna later on you may find he likes to eat this or that so you might offer 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 those things and and and, and live as we say on on the remnants so uh, so um so krishna's krishna's living on love if there were not the love of god if there were not bhakti would there be a krishna would there be a narayan or would there just be brahman well the latter is the answer right Hmm? brahman is that is everywhere all pervasive all-knowing omniscient omnipresent Um, uh, so if you're omnipresent if you're everywhere how can you move and dance so what is that that's making brahman move i mean how is it even possible if something is everywhere how can it move from one place to the other it's already everywhere but the power of bhakti which is Krishna's own internal shakti of course which is non-different from him one with him and different from him that is what is the causing ripples in the placid peaceful pond you might come upon in the forest hmm, that's peaceful um but if you throw the stones as i often say in the pond all in the same exact place concentric ripples will go out so there'll be a disturbance but it will be beautiful and harmonious so add to the peace love this is bhakti right Hmm. bhakti makes brahman move even though he's everywhere so what is the power of bhakti right so if you understand with your head something about bhakti hmm? who is bhagwan who is swine bhagwan how he how to how to serve him and so forth hmm? then to do so with heartfelt hmm? uh, to change your heart which is preoccupied as i say in supporting and beating for the false identity that that, that we have, that that, that we're trying to protect at every step, which is on, you know, it's it's here today and it'll be gone tomorrow and there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. Hmm? Everybody wants eternality. That's what Columbus was looking for, you know, when he sailed the seas, the fountain of youth. Today is no different. It's no different. Now they're thinking they'll take consciousness and upload it onto a computer and then the computer won't break down as easily as a physical body and there'll still be a lot you know they're, they're in effect saying we are consciousness right we, we we agree with that and it's different from the body mm-hmm. that that's an interesting argument you know to make in relation to artificial intelligence that's a whole other discussion an interesting one but um but everybody wants to live forever <laughs> that's a fact uh they want to live happily forever of course uh the only reason they might not want to live forever is because life's not working well a, a, as it is but i mean in general human society wants to wants to perpetuate itself wants to live on and we do we do live on that's this is the point of Vedanta. but we are not um the body which is uh, something we have you know uh identified with, and our, as I say, our heart's beating for that. So let our heart beat for Krishna. But what does Christian need? Well, he lives on love, right? Hmm. Um, it's said, to put it another way, Krishna has everything except for one thing. What is that? What is the one thing that Krishna is missing?
1: hmm
0: is it our love
2: Well, what no what krishna is missing is his own heart because it's been stolen by the gopis
1: <laughs>
2: it's been stolen by radha so we can give him ours hmm? <laughs> he's lost his heart we'll give him ours this is the idea hmm? so to give your heart to give your heart to bhagwan now, how does it mean we'll relate to others? You asked that, you know, kind of added that as an extension to your question. Hmm. Well, we, we, when we give our heart to Krishna, hmm, by using our head to soften our heart, the head is important here too, because now we're softening the heart, but we're also making the heart wise. So I've coined the term wise love. Hmm. So there's unwise love, right? Where you can see those two are not going to, that's not going to work. Some objective person can see that relationship is not going to work. Two people infatuated with one another. Um, one's too old, one's too young. With a little vision, you can see, well, in time, there's going to be a problem here. Or, you know, any any number of other Uh, examples. So there's unwise love. Hmm. I think we all have experience of that. We love things that that we thought he was a prince charming, as I say, sometimes, and he turned into a couch potato Hmm. problem. Hmm. Um, So uh, people constituted, materially speaking, of, of psychic and physical material energy are constantly transforming and changing and and, and, and so on. So unwise love, to try to love in relation to things that don't endure. And, and of course, unwise love is also love that looks like love, but it's not. It looks like love because I love you. But materially speaking, if I love you, well, there's that means I don't love her or him. I love my kids. But I don't live the kids in Africa that that are starving. Hmm? I might hear about it and think, "Oh, that's too bad." Hmm? Meanwhile, I'm all worked up because my my own child just d- d- didn't get you know whatever some third some first world problem, right? Hmm? Some first world problem. We, we we if we live in the first world, and we don't we don't we've heard about the third world, but. Oh, that's too bad, but meanwhile we've got our own problems, which are like <laughs> nothing, you know, compared to not having food to eat, you know, um, or having some savage uh, uh, dictator uh, ruling in a, in you know, in a in a corrupt way, and so forth. So, so. um, um, so material love, if you look at it carefully, well, on one side, it's love. But if you flip the coin on the other side, it's 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 not love. Hmm? I love her, but it means I don't love her hmm? Hmm? or her uh, or him. That may be the case. So Bhakti Rasa arises out of a more pervasive love that's universal. Hmm? Therefore, bancha kalpatorubyas cha. Kripa eva cha. The, the Vaishnava is said to be an ocean sindhu of kripa, of compassion. Hmm? Now compassion is universal love. Hmm? Right? It's not just provincial love, but universal love. And Bhakti Rasa arises on top of that, out of that. Hmm? so it, it, it there now there's now there's a universal love is unbiased and in bhakti there's a bias but now the bias is on the other side there's a bias on the lower side i talked about where one side of the coin is love flip it over the other side is hate hmm? i love my country i hate the other country you know that's maybe the case hmm? we rise above that to universal love hmm? and then if we come out on the other side there's a positive bias like i love ram A little more than Krishna. Hmm. I love Krishna uh, more than than Narayan, or as may be the case. Famous story of Hanuman was told by Krishna, or by... by, um, Garuda was told by Krishna, go in Dwarka, go bring Hanuman here. So Garuda flew over and said, Krishna wants to see you. Hop on. I'll take you there, the great eagle, uh, Garuda. And Hanuman said, yeah, I'll be there in a minute." And he said, "What do you mean, Krishna's calling you? What do you mean, a minute? What kind of devotee are you?" Krishna said, "You're a great devotee." So Garuda flew back, and then he, he said, "You know, I, I didn't bring him because he had because of his attitude." And Krishna said, "Oh, that's okay. Go back and tell him Ram wants to see him." So Garuda flew back and said, "Ram wants to see you," and he, And 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 he just yelled out, Rom, and then leaped. And then Garuda said, where the heck did the guy go? Anyway, what this this guy's weird. So is flying back to Dwarka. And when he's flying back to Dwarka, he runs into Hanuman coming back the other way. Ram. He had jumped there so fast, faster than Garuda could fly. Hmm? (laughs) Because his, his bias for Ram, Ram Bhakti. But this is beautiful, right? Because Ram, Krishna, and Narayan, they're all one person, right? Different faces of the same, same person. Hmm? So such as the variegated nature of transcendence. Hmm? Um, so we can have a bias in Bhakti. And this bias can show up also, let's say the guru can have a bias. The guru is supposed to be equal to everybody. Yes, equal to everybody giving everybody an equal opportunity to take advantage of Krishna consciousness, but not everybody does to the same extent. So if somebody really takes advantage, the guru, she, she will be more biased towards that person who's taking advantage. Listen to that person. Hmm. Um, he, he, the, the guru may be, may, may be in a position to even to take advice, from one of his own disciples, that he's, in, he's invested so much in that disciple,
1: hmm?
2: invested so much in that disciple, that now he wants to draw on that. Hmm? I've invested so much in you. You've applied yourself accordingly. You have insights. Give me those insights. What are your insights about this particular issue? Hmm? We find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taking the advice of Sarupta When Raghunath Das Goswami wanted to have the darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and hear instructions from him, Mahaprabhu said, hey, you should hear from a uh, Damodar. Hmm? So again, he asked. Mahaprabhu said, again, you should hear from Sirup Damodar. Put him under Sirup Damodar. Uh, again, he asked. Then he said, all right, bring him here. Hmm? He said, you think that I gave you something less by putting you under the care of Sirup Damodar. You don't understand. Hmm? He knows more than me. I'm trying to understand Radha Bhav. Hmm? he didn't say this out loud, this is what he meant, I'm Krishna, here trying to understand Radha, Radha Bhav, and he is Lalita Saki, hmm? he understands Radha Bhav. he's one of my tutors here, I've put you under him, because he knows more than me, hmm? I'm not cheating you, hmm? so Gurudev may have Person, say this person that you can rely on I, I, I take I even asked his advice on a particular topic or issue where I've asked him to investigate to, to explore uh, an area of service or an area of Siddhanta and so on and so forth hmm? so there can be bias uh, uh, on the part of the uh, the guru which is which is also beautiful if we understand it properly if we don't understand it of course then we uh, then uh, we have a very Kaniṣṭhādhikārya understanding. Kaniṣṭhādhikārya understanding is what? That the, that the verse is more important than the purport. <laughs> no. The Madhyamadikari understanding is that the, is that the purport is more important than the verse. Hmm? I used to meet these people and you know, try to sell them a Bhagavad Gita or a Bhagavad Gita and they say, you know, what's with the commentary? I just want the verses. Hmm? Well, the commentary is more important. Hmm? Because the, the verses are Krishna speaking and the commentary is the devotee who actually heard them, felt them and responding to them and bringing out the meanings. Prabhupada called it his emotional ecstasies. Hmm? So this is, this is the more advanced understanding. Hmm? Krishna says, those who say that they're my devotee, they're not my devotee. Those who say that they're devotees of my devotees, they're my devotees. Hmm? Krishna himself, we call it Vaishnavism, right? It means Vaishnavas are those who worship Vishnu, but you know, we worship the Vaishnavas. Krishna's taught us this himself, personally. How many examples are there of Krishna, uh, you know, uh, singling out his his devotees and and the worship of them, regard for them, hmm? regard for the guru. I mean, why do we pay obeisances to the deity of Krishna? Because the Vaishnava told us this is Krishna. We wouldn't know how to act or who it was or what, right? He taught us this. So where is Krishna? Hmm? In the heart of of the Vaishnava, right? So we don't want a sentimental or Kanishadhikari even understanding of what it means to have a soft heart, right? Hmm? We need to make our heart wise also, through hearing the teachings and, and so forth, paying attention, looking at the example precedences historically in, in, in the, in the sampradaya and so on and so forth. And then gathering from that inspiration hmm, to apply ourselves with our hearts in Krishna consciousness. And you know, we we'll be we'll be compassionate towards all people, all beings for that matter, but that doesn't mean we're going to treat all beings the same all beings are in different situations, and so the way in which love and the form of compassion will show itself may be different. In some instance, with regard to the guru and the disciples, it may be to chastise one and praise another. Hmm. Prabhupada was concerned not with being chastised, nor with being praised, but being, but with the guru showing indifference, which means he's given up. Hmm. I can't correct him. She's just like, won't listen. Got her own ideas only. Her own ideas of how she thinks, he thinks it should be. Hmm? I've explained it again and again, but can't listen. What can I do? Something like that. You don't want that indifference. Prabhupada was very pleased when, when Bhakti Siddhanta singled him out in an assembly and chastised him. Hmm? He was sitting and speaking. And another devotee was talking to Prabhupada, saying yes, tapping on his shoulder. And Prabhupada singled out, or to Prabhupada singled out my Prabhupada said, so you think you're not paying attention? He was paying attention. The other guy was distracting him, but Prabhupada said, so you think you can sit here? Hmm? Hmm? Or, do you, you, do you, or do you think you should be listening? Hmm? Prabhupada was so pleased, Gurudev took the time out of the whole assembly to pay attention to me and correct me, even when I wasn't really doing anything wrong. He didn't say, Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta, look, I I didn't do anything wrong here. The other guy was talking to me and trying to distract me. I want to, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. Everybody, Gurudev made a mistake. I know it's only a relative thing, but he made a mistake. And uh, no, Mm -hmm. he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And he didn't make a mistake. He knew what he was doing.
1: Hmm?
2: He was emphasizing, he was giving special grace to Prabhupada by, by chastising him, right? So we have to have a real uh, you know, a, a dynamic understanding. Let's take the example of humility. Bhakti Siddhanta once gave a beautiful talk, More Humble Than a Blade of Grass. He said, I'm sitting here on a big seat. It was the day of his Vyasa Puja, celebrating the day of his appearance in the world. So many disciples, big praises and everything. He Said, "How will we harmonize this?" Here, I'm taking all this praise. Sitting on a big seat, the lion's seat, the throne. It's Singha, Singhasan. Asana means seat. singha means lion. He's sitting on the lion's seat, the throne. Uh, lions, you know, tend to be this one of the symbols of, of, of royalty, right? Very. Mm-hmm. And 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 and, Krish, and, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, "Trinada you should be more humble than a blade of grass. So how will we understand? So he gave a nice lecture explaining the dynamic nature of humility. So humility before Bhagwan, before guru. If I'm before the guru, I'm humble, that may take the shape of standing up like a lion and roaring at someone who's criticizing or abusing or offending Krishna or offending the guru, offending the devotee. You don't look very humble. I remember once in a temple, I, one of the Iskon temples that I had was there for some reason, and uh, and they had a meeting. But there were a number of Indians at the time, ethnic uh, Indians who were uh, members of the community, and um, they, they they wanted to take over, you know, the, the administration of the temple, and, and they were they had, they had something gone to their heads. So I started, you know. I was preaching and, and they said, Swamiji, getting angry. Not good, not good. Something getting angry. I said, no, yeah, Hanuman got angry too. You know, <laughs> probably used to give that example. Hanuman got angry also. For what though, right? So, therefore, it said, Vaishnav era kriyamu da It's difficult to understand the heart of a Vaishnav. He or she may act in ways that appear material hmm? because we, there's a similarity for example, between Krishna and Lila and human life, but they're very different, right? Hmm? So there's a similarity. All the emotions that we have also have their trans-psychological application. Once we've transcended the mind and material emotions, well, spiritual emotions arise. Spiritual anger, spiritual even jealousy is there. Spiritual um, uh, uh, love of of... of of fraternal nature or paternal nature and so on and so forth. These are transpsychological, right? Mm -hmm. So um yeah um so um, so the those are some thoughts I hope that answers your your question. Give me our Yeah Yeah. it really
1: really helps helps my understanding thank you so much. Okay.
0: Okay so The next question is from Raj Haridas from uh, South America. It goes like this. If I understand correctly, a Vaishnava Uttam Adhikari sees everyone in relation to Krishna and does not think in terms of good and bad, inferior and superior. On the other hand, Madhyam is characterized by appropriate discrimination. I understand that the perspective of Uttam in consideration of its superlative position should be a more objective truth than that of the Madhyam. My question is, if the truth of Uttam is more objective than that of the Madhyam, should this not be the theoretical truth that the Kanishta takes into consideration when seeing the world and acting with it or acting in it? Or should he take into consideration the truth of the Madhyam, which although less objective, is closer to the uh, Kanishta? John, you need to repeat that in Spanish?
2: Okay. So, uh, what do you mean is by objective is, 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 is that the, the Uttamadhikari's vision is ultimately real, mm-hmm. objectively real. Everything is moving according to the will of Krishna, whereas the Madhya Madhikari's is not objectively real hmm? and a subjective uh, perspective hmm? that's relative. Hmm? I don't think that that's necessarily the right way to think about it. I think both are objectively uh, true. Hmm? Um, um, and um, But they're just different angles from which to look at the... Uh, Whatever there is to look at, hmm. uh, <laughs> the uh, the world. Um, so, um, um, with regard to the uh, k- uh, Kanishta Adikari, um, what the what example the Kanishta Adhikari should follow, what perspective he or she should embrace. Um, it's both, also. It's both. Um, uh, the Uttamadhikari's perspective should be embraced theoretically, hmm, but it cannot be applied hmm, because it's a realization. It's a vision that comes at a, at a certain level of of, uh, of realization, an angle of vision, right? Um, it, whereas the Madhya Madhikari's perspective is one that uh, if one, if the Kanishta focuses on this, hmm, then he or she can begin in practice to apply himself or herself accordingly. And only by that application of the Madhyam Adhikari's perspective can one come to the Uttam uh, perspective. Um, so uh, let me give you an example. Um, what which lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm, in Chaitanya Charitamrita should we uh, embrace hmm, more, more wholly? Should it be the Adi lila? Should it be the anti-lila? Should it be the Madhya lila? Now the anti-lila and the Adi lila, they're the same. Hmm? Although they look very different. In the Adi Lila, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is uh, uh, up to 24 years old. In the Adi Lila, he's up to 48. In the, uh, in the, in the, in, in, in the Adi Lila, he's moving amongst his devotees in Nabhadweep. He's known as Vishwambar, Nimai Pandit. He has an intimate relationship. He's known as Sachinandana. Hmm? Uh, the, the, the love, the bliss of Sachi. Um, these are uh, Nimai, Sachinandan, intimate names. Hmm? It's a happy uh, village uh, life, performing Kirtan and, and so forth. In the Auntie Leela, he's a sannyasin. He's distanced from his other devotees. He's become internal. They look very different, but the Auntie Leela is a way in which. The visible form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is is the way in which the Sadaka Deha starts to show itself in the anti-lila, incapable of relating to the world, Hmm. entering into the anti-lila perspective. There's no discrimination there, Hmm. Uh, right? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he would enter into anti-lila perspective or or the Uttamadhi perspective, then what was his discrimination, right? He heard a woman singing, he ran after the woman, you know? He was in a Madhya Madikari perspective. He wouldn't run after a woman as a sannyasi, right? So, uh, so of course, that happened during his, auntie, his Madhya Lila, but it, there are flashes in which he enters into the Uttamadhikari perspective. But overall, the the the, the anti-lila showcases the Uttamadhikari perspective. Hmm? I mean he's incapable of functioning in relation to 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 the, to the world mm-hmm. uh, and internally while it looks different from the uh, from the adi leela internally what's happening is he's entering into brindaban, the brindaban leela and the brindaban leela the leela is non-different than Navadweep. so our goal is Navadweep, that is sweta Dweep, that is the power of sweta dweep, the inner Side of the rectangle that surrounds the circle of Gokul in Golok. Hmm? There's an inner in inside of that circle and an outside of that circle, all inside the square of Sweta Dweep. Hmm? And the power of Sweeta Dweep is inside the circle of Gokul. And that is where you find Navadvip Dham, also non-different from Vrindavan in his Astakum to Navadweep. Goswami makes the point. Some people say that Navadvip is by like Kunza in the Paraviyam. You know, some say it's Golok, but those who know the Tatpa say it's Vrindavan. Hmm. So the Anti point is, and the Adi Leela, they're the same <laughs> in the sense in which I'm talking about. Whereas the Maddi which is the main part section of the whole Chaitanya Charitamrita, the greater balance, uh, is all teaching how to enter into the courtyard of Shrivas, you know, in, 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 in Rasa Kirtan and experience Vrindavan, how to enter into the Anti Leela, same idea, right? So we are to focus our attention on the Maddi Leela, how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu conducted himself there, how he would exercise some uh, you know, dis- discrimination and so forth. So, the, so this, this is the way, we should focus on the way and the goal, but not the goal as the way. Hmm? The goal is not the way. The goal and the way are the same in one sense, like a mango is the same if it's green or if it's uh, you know uh, ripe. Hmm? You know, there's a mango in each case, but also a green mango and a, ri- and a ripe and an unripe. A green mango and a ripe mango are going to be different in t- terms of taste, right? A green mango you can take; you can put some salt on it, taste it. <laughs> You can make a chutney out of it, but, but, but right mangoes, you're not going to put salt on that, right? Mm. Uh, so so the Madhyam, so I want to say um, Madhyam, let's say uh, you know, Sadhana Bhakti for that matter, Bhava Bhakti and praying Bhakti, they're all the same, they're all Bhakti. Still, they are different stages of, of development. So we focus on the goal of the Uttamadikari, but uh, we vote, but also, and more so on the way, we don't look at the goal as the way hmm? yeah, so there's there's a difference between the two. So the Madhya Madikari perspective is something that the, that the Kanishtadikhari can um, identify with hmm? he the Kanish is full of discrimination or or often the other side is probably lacks discrimination, proper discrimination. In relation to Bhakti, for example, the Kanishadharicari would say, why can't we all just love one another? Well, there are good reasons why we can't, because everybody is, is unfortunately not giving themselves to the center fully, and that has to be pointed out and, and corrected and, 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 and so forth. Oh no, the, the, the correction, why are you being like that? You know, I mean, so, they'll they lack discrimination in a way that an Uttamadakari lacks discrimination, but the latter, Uttamadakari's lack of discrimination is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a transcendental reality. Whereas for the Kanishadakari, that uh, that lack of discrimination is, is, is a problem. The Madi is discriminating. That means, here, we mean, what we mean by discriminating is using one's discretion hmm, based on scripture. That means intellect, using the intellect. The Ganishadikari is not using his or her intellect in bhakti, going through the motions, but not applying the intellect. That's a challenge. It's easy to get easier to get your body going and to do this, but then to get your head and your intellect into it and not be taken away by the intellect. See, this is a this is what sadhana is about, how to apply the intellect in such a way that the intellect doesn't run off with you. And you leave Krishna consciousness, but apply the head, as I say, to soften the heart, right? Hmm. Hmm. And so there's a good side to discrimination, also, right? Discrimination has a pejorative, you know, connotation. You discriminate between one type of person and another inappropriately. Hmm. Um, but then there's a better side uh, of uh, uh, of discrimination that 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 is important, right? Hmm. Uh, so we can apply ourselves compassionately, for example, as I said earlier appropriately to the to to the to the circumstance, which in one case may, to, may, may, may mean to embrace somebody, in another case may mean to chastise somebody. Hmm. So the Kanishadakari really has to focus on the perspective of the Madhyamadakari. Hmm. Um, and that perspective takes into consideration things that the Uttamadakari's perspective doesn't take into consideration. Hmm. Um, uh, the reality is it is it really true that there are some conditioned souls yeah it's, it's really true that's objectively a fact mm-hmm. so that's why i say as i said earlier i don't think the money Madi perspective is not an objective truth it is an objective truth is it all moving according to krishna's will yeah that's also true uh-huh in another sense from the autamikar's perspective and so there is no there is no problem hmm? so there different way, there are different ways of uh, uh, of looking at it but the way that would be most helpful to us is is the is the is the, is the, is the Madi, Madi perspective without losing sight at the same time of of the goal right so i hope that helps hmm? if there's a follow up Course on any of the questions, then anyone can please uh, feel free to voice voice that uh, corrections or comments concerns.
0: Very much, I had a follow up thought, uh, kind of a question also. So it seems like there's a clear connection between the two questions about that. I mean, you you were making that point too about the softening of the heart, and then this idea that maybe we should. As Kanistas like follow the Uttamadikaris. and I see that so much when there's any kind of controversy that Kanista devotees start saying devotees don't criticize anybody, and they're trying to superimpose this like Uttamadikari view on themselves, and that, and it so much goes well with this like secular Western idea of no discrimination. And so anyway, it seems like they're like so closely connected like that. Just a small thought.
2: Yeah, you know, very much so. Um yeah. You know, the the Udamai the, the perspective is not like the politically correct, you know, perspective, which which could be politically correct, you know, or it it, it it you know even how to act, let's say how to be psychologically balanced. What does it mean? Well, you know, depends depends who you're talking to. If you're talking to some conservative kind of nut like Jordan Peterson, well, it'll be like, you know, uh This is what it means to be psychologically balanced, and his liberal, you know, um, uh, 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 opponent will have a whole different idea of what it means to be psychologically balanced. So, some you know relativity to that, just to give an example. So you cannot put that forward, that idea of that, and misconstrue that. To be what the Udmakari's perspective is, um, whether it be psychological or sociological, um, um, and so forth. There may be semblance of that, um, and, um, and and so forth. But we um, have to be careful when, when when taking psychological, sociological concerns, you know, I- into consideration, that they don't, in and of themselves, get the upper hand on what Krishna consciousness and ultimate reality is. There may there may be a parallel between them, but they're gonna depart at the same time at certain points. Um, so someone was asking me something about, um, what was that term, uh, spiritual bypassing? i mean that's a that's a that's a concept that came up from a buddhist author and practitioner back in the 80s um and he makes a good point there that you can't um apply yourself to spiritual truths apparently mm-hmm. as a way of avoiding um you know some uh, psychological uh, or uh, emotional issue that you have to deal with i mean it's, you, you can't take sannyas to do away with lust you know (laughs) sannyas is a result of overcoming lust (laughs) so uh you know you 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 jump ahead and ignore but you can't take the what what would be called psychological balance which is again a relative thing it depends who you're talking to exactly what that means there is some objectivity to it but there's some subjectivity to it culturally speaking what it means to be psychologically balanced 500 years ago a thousand years ago it may be different hmm? um uh, or sociologically so so um everything everything isn't always just progress necessarily either so uh so you can't take the psychological balance in and of itself to be to constitute what krishna consciousness is hmm? that would be an error so um, anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going off track a little bit, but it's a uh, interesting, interesting subject. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have to feel, uh, you know, we have to deal with our emotional realities, it, but we have to factor in the knowledge that we, re- we received from our guru Parampara also, hmm? um, help us pass through. We can't ignore it. Um, and we can't embrace the universal truth when it's not, our adhikar. I mean, the whole thing of, of, of um, spiritual bypassing is—it's is, not something new. It's something that's been baked into Gaudiya Vaishnavism from its very inception. It's all about adhikar. Hmm? People should function according to their adhikar. If they function outside of their or beyond their adhikar, then then they're doing uh, spiritual uh, you know bypassing. Hmm? So we have to understand the adhikar of someone, and and they have to be engaged uh, accordingly. So we have to recognize that this is their emotional reality. Okay, this is as far as they can go. It's not a bad thing, uh, but they have to also understand this is as far as I can go right now. This is where I'm at right now, and not impose where they're on at at a lower level on someone else on a higher level. So,
0: Rush, can I ask a quick question about that? Yeah. So some devotees then say that well, for example, Prabhupada was kind of like demanding spiritual bypassing of his disciples because he took them on this way higher level than their actual natural adhikar was. So how would you respond to that? Well,
2: in different ways, I suppose. Uh, You know, you can can say what you want about um, uh, spiritual bypassing or adhikar. Um, It has its place, Um, that's true. But in the Bhagavatam itself, Narada told Vyas, hmm. this is very characteristic of Narada if you study him throughout the Bhagavatam. Hmm. He said, what benefits what, what, what benefits someone from going slow? Hmm. Hmm. Basically, this is what he said. What can you get from gyan or Nishkam Karma or Nishkam Karma even or gyan you get nothing. These are all functions under the influence of the modes of nature, passion and uh, and goodness. Whereas bhakti is nishkam, And whatever you gain in bhakti is eternal. So he's looking at it from a broader perspective, right? Mm-hmm. He says, you may go this far and you may, being immature, not be able to continue. Mm-hmm. But where how far you've gone by bhakti that's not going to go away. So he's looking at it from this like broader, broader perspective, right? Hmm? He's saying you're an eternal soul. You're now in this body. And now you get this chance for bhakti. And he's saying, you know, go for it. Hmm? And as far as you get and the impressions that you get and so forth, even though you, you, you can't go beyond that and it becomes problematic on another level or something, that gain is permanent, hmm? So there, there can be an emphasis like that. Now, Prabhupada was coming, he was doing something extraordinary. I mean, it's extraordinary in godi Vaishnav history. There are other extraordinary things in godi Vaishnav history, no doubt, but this is one of them. And we are all, you know, in the midst of it, right? We've come out of it, right? And um, Prabhupada would say things like, any publicity is good publicity. Now, you might think, that sounds terrible, Prabhupada, but I liken the times that we were in, myself and my godbrothers and, and uh, dear God-sisters and so forth, and the things that we did to try to get a footing for Krishna consciousness in the world, to provide funds for Prabhupada, to print his books, to circulate his books. We did things now that I wouldn't, I wouldn't do now and I wouldn't recommend now, but we did them without with, with all of our heart and energy. Hmm? shed blood for that you know and and we got bad publicity we got bad publicity but we'd had no publicity so i likened it to kind of a spiritual terrorism yasser arafat was the first like terrorist state you know for uh for the for the um uh, what are they called the uh, palestine 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 and so he started doing these atrocious things that got attention, right? But the attention that he got, which was negative, also gave some attention to his cause, which had been totally obscured, in his opinion, you know, lost. That the Palestinians have a cause, was his idea. So eventually, Yasser Arafat, from a terrorist, became the head of state of Palestine and sat at the UN meetings. Hmm? So, you know, it's according to time and circumstance. What Prabhupada was doing was unprecedented, making new ground, you know, and he was creating Sukriti for bhakti everywhere and trying to just bring a a wave, a big wave of Krishna consciousness throughout the world. So it's an extraordinary circumstance. And yeah, he pushed persons and, and, you know, you go back and ask them, hmm? all of them, hmm? They'll tell you the best times of their whole lives. Hmm? That Prabhupada pushed them and they and they had deep experience. And, and maybe, maybe he pushed them beyond their adhikar, but maybe because of who he was, he was capable of pushing them beyond their adhikar. I mean, he 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 left the world by Krishna's arrangement, also, and things changed. If he had stayed, well, it's a big if, you know, as every if in such situations is what would have happened. You don't know. But I mean, his leaving caused another stage, right? came on the scene and there were problems and so forth. And all these arguments can come up now and so forth. But, you know, you find find me. Go find how many disciples of Prophet will complain about, what, about how he pushed them beyond their Adhikar. Hmm? You won't find as many as you can put on, count on one hand. Hmm? Hmm? And um, and they, they know they got something from that that they couldn't get anywhere else. He pushed them. We were young, you know, and we were, we were, we were ready for anything. We were living on the street, for God's sake, you know. So uh, we were ready for anything. And he was there to give us everything. Hmm? And, and we, 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 we gave back. We, we understood it in some way. By the grace of Nithinanda, we understood this was the best thing that could happen to us. And we gave ourselves completely. Hmm. and um and when i look back at the videos of the early times of the devotees i, I see them all in their sarups. here they are you know they're giving themselves entirely that's that's who i know so and so does so and so does he makes me cry you know to see them and remember those times and how they gave themselves and so that's who they are hmm. so that he, he brought out who they were really and they knew it hmm. And so it, so it became obscured to some extent by time and circumstance and so forth. And their actual adikar you know, turned out to be, you know, over here instead of up here and, and, and so forth. But that's how I would think about all, all, all those times. <laughs> it was good times. <laughs> good times.
0: Mm. Wow, that, was, that was powerful. Yeah. So well, we have... <laughs> We have a couple more questions. Uh, one okay. is from
2: Omkar. The next one's from Omkar. Okay, okay,
0: okay. Omkar does. can you hear me? Yes. Um, I'm just wondering which Jiva Dharma version you'd recommend me to read. Uh, there's a couple floating around. I think uh, the other one is by Narayan Maharaj.
2: The other one I is by- that, uh, I think that Narayan Maharaj's edition is probably definitive. You should read that. And uh, and you look a little bit like Meher Baba and that's not a compliment.
0: Hmm? Uh, what does that mean? Yeah,
2: well, um, Meher Baba was not a devotee. He was like, he dressed like a like a, uh, like a Sufi. Um, and of course, he used to say, I am Ram, I am Krishna. We took exception to that. He was a person of my early times. But when Sanatana Goswami appeared like you're appearing before Mahaprabhu. Because he wanted to conceal himself mm-hmm. uh, he, by stealing away from the Muslim government in the night, mm, he appeared like a fakir. When Mahaprabhu saw him, he, he 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 told him to change his dress and attire. So
0: so yeah. like a Munda Baba, I go again. Or
2: yeah, that's nice, Munda Baba. Or you know, <laughs> comb your hair, shave your face. Of course, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a little unshaven today, but if you live in the dom, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Perhaps if you live in the dom, you shave once every two weeks for a man once a month. If you're out in the world preaching, representing the public, they expect you to look like something, and you, you, you meet them on their terms and so forth. Okay, okay. thank you, very much. Drive
0: a Dhamma Okay. What else? There's one more question from Sajan. Oh, actually, there's two more questions, but the last one might be too long. So let's take one more.
1: Vandavats Maharaj. Um, so uh, I recently heard a statement by Srila uh, Guru Maharaj uh, in a YouTube video where he says that um, the Aprakat Lila of uh, of Krishna is based upon um, repetition and competition. And, um, Also, I was just wondering, you know, your kind of take on on that. And um, I guess the other component of it is <clears throat> there there seems to be, um, uh, that it seems to be the case that, uh devotees who have a kind of like a penchant for uh peacefulness that they would be consigned within the framework of krishna leela to things like being uh, grass or trees etc perhaps perhaps cows uh peacocks like that whereas um I was just wondering if you if you had ever come across any any kind of indication that there was some, some scope some um, potential for someone who had um, who was not really you know very much inclined towards um, competition and repetition so to speak like that in Krishna Lila rather than for example in Vaikuntha or elsewhere
2: like that. <clears throat> Uh, let me say one thing that when, when Maharaj refers to Guru Marsh, of course, he's referring to Bujapad Sridhar Maharaj. Sajan Marsh, many of you don't know, but he was initiated by Prabhupada, first initiation, if I recall correctly. And uh, then eventually he got second initiation from Bujapad Sridhar Marsh, who we would affectionately refer to as, as Guru Maharaj. So I've known him for a long time. So when he says Guru Maharaj, he refers to Sridhar Marsh. And um, and uh, he is one of our guru Maharajas. <laughs> so with regard to your question i think that um the uh, repetition in the leela of krishna speaks of its um anurag nature so anurag the characteristic of anurag is that um uh, seeing krishna for example every time it's like you've never seen him before hmm? Like it knew. So you can find these uh, romantic Leelas where Radha's meeting Krishna again, or Krishna's thinking of Radha again, speaking to Subal. And it's like, what are you talking about? You, you know, you were just with her last night, you know. But but it, it's like remember like like for like, like for the first time. Again, it's coming. So the na- this is the nature of the le- So the leela repeats itself, right? in the course of the day, you have the same basic activities, although they're variations and so on and so forth. But right. Now, every day, Radha is coming to the house of Nanda Maharaja and Yasoda to cook for Krishna, and it's as if she's coming for the first time, mm-hmm. in 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 terms of the experience. So that's the repetitive nature. It's a dynamic kind of um, repetition. Mm-hmm. Repetition uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It can be a good thing, mm-hmm. uh, right? No, uh, sure, sure. And as far as the competitive uh, nature of the leela. Competition is also a positive thing. Um, Let's take sports, for example. In sports, um, they, uh, in the professional teams and so forth, they often bring in uh, like two players or three players of the same position uh, during the training and practice so that, because they'll compete with one another and and they'll become stronger as a result. And they're all trying to, they're all part of the team. Let's say you have three, you know, three quarterbacks in the American, you know, football system. And mm-hmm. so each one is on the team, they're members of the team, one in the context of the competition shows himself to have to be better fit to lead in the first position, but it wouldn't be possible without the competition that, uh, you know, the, the other two provided in practice and they're ready to take over if he gets hurt or something like that. So it's a a unit. So there's a transcendental uh, positive kind of nature to competition in in Krishna Leela, Prabhupada put it like this, everybody wants to please Krishna. So they compete with one another to please Krishna, but whoever wins, everybody's pleased with that person because Krishna's (laughs) not pleased. Hmm? So I'm competing with you to please Krishna, but if you please Krishna more than me, then I'm happy. I'm not sad that I lost the competition. Everybody wins the competition.
1: Right, so you right.
2: have to look at it in a positive light. Now, as far as you know being peaceful and um, uh, you know stoic or uh, something like that, I, I think this refers more to a disposition of someone in this world um, and it, it has its application in spiritual life and in 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 practice and so forth that would be con- that's conducive. Uh, can be conducive, um, you know. I spoke earlier, even today, of the fact that bhakti rasa, this partial love, comes out of compassionate love. So, the compassionate love is more what you're speaking about, and I, I think that's something to pass through, have arrive at, if you will, and out of that bhakti rasa will come. Now, we'll have the bhakti rasa, you know, ideal in mind, of course, but. Um, but I don't think that um, um, shantarasa, for example, is uh, that attractive to most uh Gaudi of Vaishnavas.
1: Right, that's Some correct, yeah.
2: Some say it has no application in, in Goloka. Um uh, Rupa Goswami also implies that it can be changed, Sakiras to Dasiras or Shantaras by association, uh, because it's 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 not uh, it, it, it only reaches up to rati, not to pram. But so I, I, I think that there are, um, you know, there are different dispositions. You can find devotees that are very feisty, like Kesha of Marsh, who was compared to Shita Marsh, who was very at equilibrium, peaceful. Uh, <laughs> you know, comparatively um, between the two, and they both have the same spiritual ideal in Vrindavan. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't impose. You know that kind of disposition um, in this world on one's ultimate um, attainment. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh, well, based on what you just so beautifully shared, um, is it is it uh, absolutely uh, essential that that within within Shanta Rasa kind of. Um, sentiments that it necessarily excludes altogether dasya or sakya like that is that is that like a is that a hard
2: and fast ultimatum so to speak the essence of shantarasa is included in dasya rasa okay and the essence of dasya and sakya are included dasya and shanta are included in sakya okay and the essence of those three are included in Batsalia and so forth hmm? Okay. There is an ingredient of, of shanta hmm, that is that is also there in dasya.
1: So, in other words, what I'm hearing now is that it's possible to be one of Krishna's friends, uh, let's, just as an example, without without wrestling with him or something like that.
2: Yeah, and, and of course, um, um, there are there are. Um, um anubhavs, Anubhavas are certain external voluntary movements mm-hmm. rising out of a particular sentiment. Mm-hmm. So uh, within the divisions of Sakyrasa, which of which there are four, mm, wrestling is particularly, for example, an Anubhav of the Priyasakas. Mm, mm-hmm. Not necessarily so of, this, of, 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 of the of there are Sakas, there are Priyasakas, there are Surrit Sakas and there are Anarmasakas, right? Yes. So there are certain Anubhavs that are more characteristic of one type of Sakka than another. And then there are common ones that they all share. And then there are some of the some of the Anubhavs of Dasirasa also apply to sakirasa, and particularly to the to the Sakas who have whose whose fraternal love. Is tinged with 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 uh, with uh, with uh, with servitude, with an element of servitude. Mm-hmm. So certainly you can you can. You, you, so I want to say that um, amongst the temperaments of Krishna's friends, there's a whole range. Just like there's a whole range of temperaments in this world. they are fiery sakas like Sridham and they're very uh, they they're very polite and uh, you know uh, ones who deal very you know. Differently and might not wrestle with. Them. I mean, rock talk is 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 a is 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 but is Dasaras is touched by by Saki. That's the opposite. So it can go the other way also. So there's a whole range of of dispositions and personalities and so forth. Uh, and um, and you, you, you can you can you can find amongst Krishna's friends, probably amongst the prominent friends. You know that 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 much has been told about each one, but you could probably find one that you would uh, 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 identify with more in terms of that than than others. Hmm? Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Thank you so much, Mars. Thank you. Haribo. Okay.
0: Cool.
2: So we're going to lower time. I understand it's another question, but maybe we can hold off on that for, till next week.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks so much for Okay.
2: Haribo. Nice to be with y'all. Okay. Thank you.